Hey everyone, Jason Torchinski here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, thanks to our new sponsor, Marble. Marble? We got we got a rock to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> no, David. Marble with a capital M. It's the only all-in-one app for managing your insurance policies and getting rewarded for it. Okay, all right. Well, I have a bunch of cars that I think they're all probably insured, so this could help. Probably not, but Marble's great. It's fast and it's easy to set up as it'll put all of your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free, which we love around here, being cheapskates, and it will automatically alert you if your rates are going to increase, probably with some kind of really loud sound. Once you set it up, you don't have to do anything as it does it for you, like a robot trained to monitor insurance. And you get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. A marble spewing robot. Whew, that sounds great. How many marbles did you get from it? I got, let's see, two, 900 marbles. Uh, what do you do with that many marbles? I just put them all on a Target gift card. Okay, what'd you do at Target? What'd you get? I got a big uh, crap load of Hot Wheels. I assume for uh, your child? Yeah, yeah, sure, for my child. Mm, okay, well, anyway, um, okay, that sounds good. I like Hot Wheels. Uh, where do I sign up? So you just go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian and you start adding your policies. And not only will you be supporting this podcast, you will also get rewarded just for being a real adult and keeping on top of your insurance. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian, is that right? Yes, David. That's joinmarble.co slash Autopian. Because this is a podcast, we have to be good about describing things. Bo has just let his hair down, and it was like a brown waterfall cascading out <laughs> here, glistening. I'm going to leave beautiful. it down for the show since you have. It's a breathtaking. Welcome to another episode of the Utopian Podcast, your favorite automotive car culture podcast where we just basically freak out about cars. We're podcasting hard today. That's all I got to say. This is going to be intense. I'm excited about today's podcast. It's a really special one, but you guys have other things I'm sure you want to talk about. But our guest today is unbelievable. And for those... A legitimate hero of mine from a, a long time back. And he should be because, I mean, this guy is is really incredible. I had the pleasure uh, of working with him on the, on my on our show, Car Kings, when we were doing it. Uh, Curtis Brubaker, yeah. uh, not only Brubaker Box fame, if you don't know that car, you should, and please look it up, but also he is just this engineering and marvel and incredibly interesting guy. So I'm really excited about that. And there's going to be some surprises, I think, when we talk to Curtis about things that are in the news right now. Like the Brubaker box peaked probably in the 70s, but his hand can still be felt in important cars people are talking about literally every day, like every current day. So I'm I'm very, very excited. It's so true. He was so ahead of his time that we're just yeah. catching up to him now. That's that's the beauty of it. Uh, so I can't wait. So he's coming on here soon. What else? An absolute got? legend. So yeah. we got Bo is coming to us from um, the Aston Martin showroom there in Van Nuys. Torch is uh, in the mess. I mean, interesting basement. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still here in Michigan. 
And uh, yeah, we're, but, we're, but I love your plan. Hey, you're getting some cars sold. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're getting on your way. You're getting, getting ready, mentally, physically prepared. I'm proud of you, David. You know what, Bo? I'm just glad that you're not upset with the fact that I'm planning on storing three vehicles on somewhere on your lot. Oh, you didn't hear the price I'm charging yet. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Da- uh, we're g- I'm going to help David drive out a couple of his vehicles. Uh, we're going to take auto. And we're going to go on a little road trip from Detroit oh. to L.A. So, Bo, you'll get to meet uh, Otto finally. I'm very excited. Right on. It's oh, the most appropriately great. named young man uh, uh, that I know, personally. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. actually, <laughs> I, actually, I feel like I feel like more appropriate. Oh, TTO, like, by the way, if, if you're listening yeah, at home, I, it's I, not, I didn't it's not auto. Yeah, that would be bonkers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, be... David. What, I, what were you saying? I was going to say, you know, more appropriate would have been something a little wackier than auto. I feel like, you know, like. Um, he is a human uh, child, David. There's only so much I can get away. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Did. You know what I mean? He's got to be somewhat normal. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you can, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. And O-T-T-O, I just love how it's just, I could design something really cool around that. Oh, like his autograph. Is, it's like backwards and forwards to say whatever you call that. Honestly, just, that yeah. was a huge part of why we picked it. Sally is a designer also. I grew up as a graphic designer. And visually, the name is so good. It's, oh, Yeah. It's like it, it's an you know it's a palindrome and it's visually a palindrome and it just there's it lends itself so well so yeah that was a huge part I'm of why you know the big words palindrome because palindrome uh, I, I, I play with my name a lot of times and write it different ways and what it is you know just as a goof but like auto I mean you can have so much, it could look like a tic tac toe board I mean there's so much fun you can <laughs> have true. it I used to make it look like the front of a car when I draw it, like the O's yeah you make the T's like a little grill and we would make like oh. A little, yeah. There's all kinds of fun ways. No, yeah, Otto's got the coolest name. It's he a really good name. Does. So yeah, it's anybody a, a great name. there, there's not many autos around. I'm not saying to overuse it. I'm saying, you know, keep it on the short list. It's a good yes. one. Give really enough Jadens out there. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'd like to briefly talk about our guest who's going to, who we're going to be bringing on here in a few minutes. Okay. Curtis Brewbreaker. I know, of course, from the Brewbaker box. Um, and I've heard, Curtis Brubaker's name a gazillion times. And that's probably because I hang out with you a lot, Torch. Yeah. Um, the Brubaker box. This was a Volkswagen Beetle-based van kind of thing? Yeah. So uh, this was in the, the height of the kit car era uh, because the Beetle, and we'll get into this with Curtis, I'm sure. But yeah, we need, And we need him for the whole story, obviously. Yeah, we'll get him for the whole story. But just so people know what it is, it's a Beetle-based kit car. There were tons of fiberglass bodies you could put on a VW Beetle chassis, and they were street legal and ready to go. It was there's a whole a whole industry devoted to it. And he made a very a fascinating van, a one-box design that was designed maybe in lieu of all the microbuses and things. And it's it's still a fresh design today. And it is it's sleek and low, but also roomy. He'll go into it, but it is. They didn't make a whole lot of them. And the ones that are still around are very, very valuable and important. And uh, on Bo's show, they restored one, which so was cool. Ex- which is one extreme. of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I have to say, I am still a little confused by how a Beetle based sort of kit well, van let's get the could man be so on here. And so, yeah, explain exactly. You know what I'm saying? No, he, he, exactly. All right. Let's bring in Curtis Brubaker. Yes. Oh, yes. All right. I'm We've had some great guests lately, I gotta say. You know, this this podcast is looking up. I'm, I'm shocked at who we're getting here. You know, we're actually getting the like great guests. This is amazing. Legitimate heroes, like yeah, big deal people. Oh, Curtis. Hello, Curtis. Curtis. Oh, it's so great to see you, sir. How you doing, guys? 
How you doing? doing? Great. How about you? Pleasure to meet you. Look you. great. I am fine. I want what to see. It? I want to see Bo's hair. I, I listened to the. Uh, I listened to uh, Bruce Myers' <laughs> podcast, and either either his, he said he's going to get his done his hair uh, done like yours, or you should get his uh, done like there yours. It is. I haven't cut it since the last time we were together, Curtis. It's it's ludicrous. So because this is a podcast, we have to be good about describing things. Bo has just let his hair down, and it was like a brown waterfall cascading <laughs> elegantly down, <laughs> glistening. I'm, I'm going to leave beautiful. it down for the show since you have. <laughs> it's a breathtaking. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm going to let my hair down before it falls out. <laughs> yeah. Your hair looks great. You look fantastic, sir. Yeah, you do. And we yeah. really appreciate you coming on, by the way. This is a huge treat. You know, I've been a fan of your work forever. So oh, this yes. is yeah, you're, 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 you're my, you're my one man marketing guy. I am. Uh, <laughs> That's right. You, did, did, have you played your, your, um, your Torchinsky file on the box for Bo? Uh, I, no, oh, I know about, yeah. Uh, I think Bo's seen it. It was one of the ones where it was just downstairs in the basement since I didn't have access to uh, a box. Well, all in the basement. It was after yeah, Bert sent, sent me the poster I, I, and the yes. other marketing materials, and it was uh, such a treat. I'm sure Bo may not have seen it, but we'll we'll put a link to it in the post. Yeah, I, 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 I laughed my ass off on uh, on the part. You get so excited. He gets so excited about it. He's a one-man sales marketing force. And it's he, there's a part in there where he describes a, a lady with her kids taking him to school. And uh, can you imagine one of these shows up and maybe it's gold and, 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 and it's just so exciting. I laugh my ass off when every time I see that. <laughs> Think about that scene. You're a kid in like 1976, wherever, and your mom is picking you up from school in a Brubaker box. You are yeah. the coolest kid at school, no matter what. I mean, sure. officially. Yes. Unbeatable. Yeah. I, I think it's <laughs> So, you know, I was, there's so much to talk about, Curtis, but, uh, you know, I was wondering where to start. But since we're on it, talking about the Brubaker box, because it really is, uh, it, it's, a, it's a vehicle that maybe not as many people know about as, as, it should, as they should, but it was incredibly influential and, and such had a huge impact in the day to the point where, you know, I remember right before COVID hit, uh, Art Center was even doing, you know, their project on what would the Brubaker box be if it had continued till today. So why don't we start with talking about the box and kind of, you know, as we were trying to describe to David before you, before you came on about it, we said, no, let's get Curtis here so we could talk about it. And, you know, he's kind of questioning how it's Beetle based and how did it, so how did it all start? What, what, what created the Brubaker box? It started with my um, sitting in our office and uh, my my uh, brother's uh, utility van, VW van, started rolling down Pico Boulevard all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it turned out it wasn't by itself. Some guy was jacking it. And, and oh. So where was this? Uh, is this? This was in the LA area? Stealing it yeah, yeah. Pico Boulevard. You know where Rancho Park is? Yep. Right across the street from there, next to the uh, nice little office next to um, uh, the the temple, Temple Isaiah. Oh yeah, I know that area. Yeah, there's yeah. uh yeah, David and, in L.A. Uh, there's two big foci of of us Jews in town. You got the Fairfax district, and then Pico has a bunch of them. So that's the one Curtis is talking about. There. I've just surrounded since know. high school, and I yeah, I love them. Love you guys. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 this thing, this kid was stealing it, and instead of you know, continuing on down Pico and so forth, or going up Beverly Glen, 
we we ran out there in the street and and couldn't see the guy when they were bringing our cars around uh, uh, to ch- take chase. We found the guy had just turned the corner and gone into the to the temple's parking lot, and he was in the process of I don't know whatever what he was doing, hot wiring it or something, and uh, and. We, we we took care of the guy and uh, and afterwards we've been wondering why why in the hell he would steal something like that and that got me thinking and we we snooted around and finally went down to uh, Newport Beach and took that picture that's in that um, the 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 box collection that I that uh, I just sent uh, Tom. This is the picture of all of the all of the microbuses by the beach, right? There's like a whole yeah, yeah. There was like seven, seven or eight of them in one yeah. picture. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there is picture. And I thought, geez, you know, that's what I told you. Uh, I told Bo, I think in our uh, in our uh, our uh, episode, I said we yep. there's a market there. That's yeah, and all the kids are using them for the same purpose too. Right. So, and cool Mustangs, by the way, Mustangs and, and yeah, vans right. in this picture. You're right. Yeah, and it looks like a is that a Dodge A100 or no? It's the Chevy one over there also. But they were all oh, very similar. Line, These cab that. over. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. So <laughs> someone who worked for me in on on the box, he had one of those a fastback, a blueprinted Mustang from Ford. He worked from the Ford studio, and he brought that out to California. So proud of that, and he he totaled it. I'm afraid. Oh, cool. <laughs> I it on a on an off ramp and wrapped it around a pole because that would be worth a lot. It was like a like the bullet car, you know. Mm. And uh, we all mourned that. So someone stole a, a VW bus, and that inspired you to think, you know what? Uh, let's let's well, sell these not things. right at the moment, but inspired us to go and get the bus. And why why is this kid wasting his time stealing? Uh, a, a bus. It was one of the, you know, the they have the version. I'm not sure what they call it, but it's the one where it's got like two long toolboxes on either side of a mm-hmm. sort of bed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, oh it was like rear, the pickup style. Chopped off. Those are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there, uh, there's a name for it, I'm sure. But they, anyway, he was taking that, and uh, and uh, uh, and we, you know, he wasn't. We sent him away, but you know, it was a young kid. Yeah. But later we started wondering why would he waste his time stealing that? Uh, <laughs> you know, I had my bug stolen in I like 2000. Uh, what was it like 2013 or something like that? So they're still stealing old air cooled VWs. It's, it hasn't stopped is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Mayor uh, um, or Governor um, What's his face is going to put a stop to it eventually. I think that's priority <laughs> one, actually. Yeah, air cooled VW fan. Internal <laughs> yeah. combustion engine things anymore. So you saw the the market need for a van, and you thought VW bug, right? Is that is that how how did the, well, how did the was, it was a natural? Together? Yeah, it was a, <laughs> the picture kind of closed the loop for us. Yeah. yeah, why are all these things down here? And and other streets were just like that one. They're all over the place. Yeah, that one. I think we probably went around the block because that was a that had you know a, a number of them all with one camera point of view. So yeah. that was that was a little little visual engineering there, I suppose. But no, they're all they was crawling with mm-hmm. uh, with these things. They're all kids, all the same age range. Most of them surfers and. Uh, and then the you know the, the dating area you, you know what it was like you've been there I've been there, and yeah. uh, and I totally identified with that. So by that by the time we got back to the office, um, 
I said, we got to do something like this. We got to figure out why. And of course, the dune buggies were hot and heavy at the time. Right. And um, this this would be and, what and, year? Well, yeah, and that I, I don't like that version anymore. That was the first one we did for ourselves. Huh. And we actually thought we maybe we get Midas as a sponsor somehow. So that was just a dune buggy tub with sides. And which, by the way, for those if you're, if you're listening and can't see it, it looks like an ultra modern version, even though it was done you know 50 years ago, of what a Brubaker box would be with almost like the bottom half of the front. It, it like disappears makes. with two headlights in it. So yeah. cool looking, by the way. Yeah, it almost yeah, we looks like a try, buggy we're trying if you to get something really inexpensive, you know. So that would be a, a, attached to the to a partially finished underside tub, kind of huh. like all the dune buggies have. Yeah, and I think yeah. the advantage is we were going to we were going to shorten the thing. That's a pain in the butt to have right. shorten, what thirteen inches or whatever they take out. For Myers, yeah, for just yeah, for people who don't know, on a Myers Manx, it's still you know it, you bolt uh, a fiberglass body to a beetle pan, but you have to chunk take a chunk of like over a foot out of the middle of the pan, and you're right, that's the hardest part of the job. Yeah, it's got to be welded back together. It's just a little bit pain in the butt if you don't need to do it. Don't yeah. do it. So that right. was a that was a, that was a, a no brainer. Uh, but we uh, we started modeling this little fifth scale clay. All of this stuff burned in our studio fire, unfortunately. Oh, no. Oh, no. But uh, it was when we started modeling the side, and uh, we realized the um, the need for modesty panels in front and back. Because, you know, why why go, you know, 80%, 90% with a, with a nice design and then leave off some parts that would be easy to make and cover yeah. serviceable parts and so, so forth. So here I notice it's called the Baja Bus. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I can't talk right now. Baja Box. And it looks like the the tires are a little bit fatter, and it looks like it's ready to go off road. Was it originally kind of more off road based, or or thought of? Well, yeah, yeah. I always wanted it to go as off road. You know, inherently, you know, yeah. the dune buggies are going off road. I figure we could keep up in part. The tires it were plaster things we were using off some other fifth scale cars, probably done for a client. And I named it the Baja Box, and you know, by the time we got we finally got into into uh, hard surfaces. Everybody's calling it the Brubaker box. <laughs> the approach and departure angles on this thing are absurd. <laughs> I mean, it looks great. like it could climb yeah, a actually, cliff. Uh, they were, and that's that goes that goes without saying. We need some of that, and uh, and there's no bumpers shown on this yet. And we did, you know, uh, um, remember Jason? We um, uh, I mentioned that um, that front front bumper with the tire. Yeah, you yes. Me, or you published a, a thing on the tire. We built it like that, and right. we tested it at Rockwell. I, yeah. One of the engineers was down there. The guy that did the door, an old guy, uh -huh. took it down, and we tested it with the tire, and it passed the FMVSS test. Really? Our, that was where our uh, there's a picture of it in that proposed in that uh, box collection. So this, was, yeah, for reference, this is use use of the spare tire up front horizontally to act as like a front bumper, basically. A tire as yeah. a bumper, brilliant, clever. Yeah, oh, that, oh, that's good. We we figured that would be a possibly a problem with the uh, FMVSS regs, you know, but federal regulations, <laughs> gotta, yeah. But, but it's probably not that bad, you know. It's uh, you got to inflate your uh, bumper. Yeah, it makes sense you to say, me, and it's a dual purpose. Yeah. It can take scuffs. Yeah, but the, the uh, Torch published something, an article uh, on that before. So I 
I took that and put it in the presentation there alongside our, <laughs> our, uh, our I, always, I always loved the idea of that. Cause even in a beetle, the tire is designed like the spare tire front is designed in an impact. It's crucial. <laughs> like it's, it's, there's not a lot to help you in the impact in a beetle, but the tire is designed to take some of that force. Um, so using yeah. it as just straight up a bumper, I just always thought it was. Yeah. yeah our engineer, uh, uh, Bob Barker, um, or Bill Barker, he's got a son named Bob. Uh, he he was been down at Rockwell doing airplanes and landing gear doors and all this stuff all his life, and he he engineered the door. Came up with this this uh, tie rod articulated door. We went everything simple, simple, simple that you could go get parts everywhere, and uh, and he did that. But he uh, he 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 said we can we can make a bumper out of that thing. And uh, he he took it down to Rockwell I think, on a weekend, and nobody was there, and he used all the test equipment, and it passed the test. So. Amazing. It. There it is. Oh yeah, there. Yeah, look at that. So yeah, like the um, yeah, a, a Renault Dauphine just had it in like a separate compartment for it, and there you can see how the the box actually went a step further, made it an actual. I hope the Renault doesn't have that sticking out like that all the time. No, no, <laughs> yeah, but it's but the um, you can see so the uh, the the bumper support tray right there, yeah. and um. I guess to do the presentable prototype, we changed the front end something, you know, you know, you're changing everything all the time. And, um, but that's, that was the plan. We just stick right in there. Then we didn't have to have it in the passenger compartment. We're trying to keep that as roomy as possible. Yeah. So what, was the intention uh, that you would build complete units and then sell them as a complete or actually use it as a conversion kind of kit? The, the plan was Bo to, um, to sell uh, bonded bodies and treat it as kind of a as kind of a shipping case, mm -hmm. you know, put it in wood if it's going somewhere, and put polyethylene around it so it could be inexpensive. But all the all the parts to, that you finish out and instructions and whatnot would be put inside, and uh, the door probably hung. And then you you that's the way you would receive it. You you provide the the uh, the beetle and everything else. And it's a build your own, yeah. which, which, by the way, in today's uh, era, it sounds like ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to get a box and then build a car. Actually, uh, it's starting to sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's coming back again, I think. Uh, but that was, you know, kit cars were really huge back in, yeah. I, well, I remember the 70s. It probably happened before that. So this yeah. is, you know, prime era a kit car, but this this goes beyond just what those kit cars were. This is something truly unique versus like some sports car that really wasn't a sports car. This is like something See, really different. So, so that's my question. You know, th th how many Beetle-based kit cars have there been throughout history? A, oh, a ton of them, but this one sticks out. Yeah. And obviously, I have. I, I, there are obvious reasons why. I mean, you look at it and it's incredible. But I'd like to hear from you, Curtis. Like. Why has the box stuck out um, among all the hundreds of probably Bradley GTs and the fake right. MVs and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's ever interested, I've got a superb collection of, I think we even bound some of them. I, I collected all of the possible one box designs. Still, still add to it all the time. Just oh, a matter really? of routine to see wow. what, what people do or could do. Um, the, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so I was just curious so, whether the staying power of the Brubaker box. Yeah, I mean, like people just... remember it. Like, like David's right. There were 
so many catalogs and things full of VW based kit cars, but the Brubaker box doesn't feel like all the rest yeah, of them. Probably because it was a, it was a box shape. I mean, and uh, yeah. there were, there were some, uh, there was a, a young a guy who, who made a, something called a box. It had exposed wheels. It looked like yeah. a, a low rectangular box. I forget his name, but that was the only thing that we could find existing at the time. Right. Like I think there's a, I can get you a picture of it. It's not in the presentation there. But uh, the the other side of that question is why has it lasted so long? Yeah. In fact, why is it growing in 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 interest uh, from not just the public but the motor companies? Yeah. Uh, all of them called me and said, "Yeah, you want to do another box?" And and wow. I tell some of them it's done. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> the the uh, you know the the wheels. Partly because of the VW plan, um, the wheelbase hasn't changed. We made it a little wider, but they're in the corners. They're in the corners of the, the vehicle. If you look at all, you know, get on Pinterest and all these the kids are doing amazing, beautifully stuff, beautiful stuff nowadays uh, because they got computers. But they're all putting, they're not just putting the, the wheels in the corners. They're actually put, retracting or pulling the body back between the wheels now, front mm -hmm. and back. Right. It's a more of a styling gimmick, and of course they're they're doing oversized, huge, huge wheels and, yep. and no jounce. I gotta if I ever teach a class out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna trap some of these kids, and we're gonna have we're gonna build some up uh, the, literally to their sketches. Well, and a, a and a designer was explaining to me that 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 today is modernism and design. It's a difference between like a, a locomotive design with the engine and everything out front. Versus a speed, you know, a speed train where you know it's a glass. You're 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 right up front, and the and everything's below you and behind you. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, yeah. that's what's beautiful about the Brubaker box is it actually had modernism and modern design 50 years ago. Yeah, and, you know, and, and that's what makes it modern I'm, again today. I think I put the picture in that presentation. There's a picture of me driving it down Wilshire Boulevard. <laughs> on our way back from the from the auto show, and I'm going past my dad's building. My da my dad was a VP of car car uh, marketing for Carnation Company. Oh, awesome. going past the Carnation building, and I snapped a, somebody. Yeah, somebody snapped a picture of me. I told them who I wanted to get one, <laughs> and we were surrounded by really new new automobiles, American automobiles in parking lots and on the street and, and the vehicle is surrounded by them. And it looks like you're going through an, a post-apocalypse, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, disaster with all these old, basically junk cars. And ours was, looks like a new, a new car going down the street. You'll, you'll find it in there somewhere. But that, that, that one amazes me. And we took it down to, um, uh, to uh, the VW dealer in Santa Monica, put it put it on his lot and in the showroom, and it just makes all the stuff, the, all the brand new cars in the um, in the lot look look old and large and wide <laughs> well, and heavy. We're looking at it now; it still looks futuristic. There it is it's in the done. Volkswagen showroom. But today, if you came out with that design, people would be going, "Wow, it's so yeah, modern!" You, you, you really wouldn't even have to change anything. You were seriously, you update the lights and a couple of the other details. Yeah. I feel like it would definitely pass as brand yeah, new. Yeah, you, you know Clay Dean, right? Um, uh, he's he's the guy who did a really nice job on the baby uh, Hummer for GM. 
Okay. Uh, left. He's, he's with Under Armour now. Now, Clay is, he's, a lot of designers think I should do it. And he's one that's, that doesn't want to tweak it or change it much at all. He says, don't, don't, don't mess with it. You know, right. just keep the kid, capture the character and the general look, but don't change it. And then there are other guys like, uh, oh, my, my friend, um, um, Sam at down at, um, at Icona. And he, he says, try, you know, after, after, um, after the cyber truck comes out, he says, try something angular and, you know, you know, scarfed off different, yeah. dramatically different. But, and I want to get back to the, to the cyber truck in a minute. Cause we got yeah, something we have really to cool to talk to Curtis about are the cyber truck. So this is going to be you, awesome. But, you but guys, before you we go there, yeah. take the lead. I'm here to answer questions. Oh, well, but, it's, it's, this is so fun and exciting. Relax, as long as but, I got my coffee in the, well, well I have to here. say again, Curtis, we, we, uh, I was lucky enough and Jason helped so much with the show, uh, car Kings uh, first called driven. And we did, you know, Jeff Dunham, you know, speaking of people who love cars and, and really wonderfully weird cars, uh, and having the pleasure to restore, uh, that car with you is one of the greatest honors I've had, sir. So thank, thank you so much. Uh, but we learned so much, uh, uh during, uh, uh, you know, during that, um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I was just going to mention, you know, I'm kind of hoping for like this new era of kit cars, because now that yeah. we have EVs and an EV skateboard, yep. uh, I just think, you know, isn't there an opportunity now to look at saying, hey, now we can put those boxes back on this EV skateboard like we used to do with the old Volkswagen chassis. And is, is that something that you might be interested in or you're talking about? Yeah. Or, yeah. There's, I, uh, I'd buy that. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I, I would too. And that's kind of my rule. Do design yeah. something that you'd be happy to drive, you know, and, and that's, that makes it work out right for me. Uh, but, but yeah, like that's a, that's a size that that's uh and package that's smart. We we need another door. We need some access in the back. All that gets cleaned up with uh, yeah. electric. Yeah. Well, go, going to uh, uh, Myers Manx example, which to me that that's another one of the Volkswagen kit cars that is still relevant yeah. today. And of course, we know that they just built an EV that is so yep. true to the original. But like yeah. you said, Jason, those little touches that are updated that yep. really make it into something uh, exciting. The original torsion bar axle is still on there, even on the yeah. new things, which is amazing. It shows you just how close they were able to keep to the original dimensions and everything. They're buying that, a platform from some source. Freeman uh, Thomas has uh, yeah, Freeman's a bunch of sources. He yeah, they get, they talked to me about doing one. Doing oh, they one did. Together. Yeah, and uh, let's do it. We need a new Brubaker box, please. Okay. <laughs> I'm one key about the old beetle pans though. And I don't know how this will translate to the modern era, but like, I think one of the reasons it was so uh, doable by people in their backyard is uh, you could take the VIN right from your VW pan and register it just as like a 62 beetle, even no matter what it looked like. And I don't know if we can still get away with that today. Like that, because beetles were so plentiful and dirt cheap. And it yeah. was an opportunity to take an old car, you drag it out of a junkyard, you take <laughs> the body off, you pop a new thing on it, and there's no problem registering it. Like that's the, I think that's hey, one of the secret pieces about it. Yeah, there's no problem we can't solve. We just want a Brubaker box again. That's right. You know? well, we can do Torch. it. We, we, <laughs> we want it, solutions, not problems, Torch. All right. Well, Very then. easy to do. And yeah, I'd love to do something like that. Well, and uh, and uh, we can make that. Uh, any degree of change that you want. It's been almost 50 years yeah. since that was done. 
and I don't think anybody else has come out with anything, you know, as sexy and fun. No. And no. I'm, I'm surprised at that. So, uh, uh, are you working with anyone actively on it uh, today that you could talk about? Or, uh, yeah, I am. Oh, and, cool. uh, <laughs> I, I, and I, I've been wanting to talk with you, Bo, and Jason about it since Jason is my uh, marketing department. I am happy to do it. <laughs> hey, marketing and sales, right here. We got. But yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, we have to remember that the um, the original box was supposed to be a kit. People right. said it wasn't going to be a, a complete car. And that's a, that's a phenomenon that we hadn't expected. And I've got good records. It didn't all, you know, burn up in the fire, but we have letters that we reproduced and bound to in a book. The, the, the reaction to it, uh, there are far many, far more people uh, with the money to, to buy a, a, a finished car than there are with the skills to build one. That's yeah. right. that was the first surprise. And, uh, so it could still be done as a key. That, that's what swayed me and and my team to to try and do a, a finished vehicle and to get chassis from VW. How did and they reach VW? Were they willing to supply you guys with chassis? Like, how did that work? The factions of them were, but I'll never forget in New Jersey, a, a lunch with their head attorney. <laughs> and he he explained how everybody was concerned about liability problems you know they if we have an accident they're going to sue volkswagen they've got the deep pockets and and, I, and we knew that yeah so they'd really have to be on board on the engineering or you'd have to fit into a program like we were just talking about with a an existing platform designed to do this and and the the legal the the, the liability climate is sorted out and anticipated by the big manufacturer it could all be done. It has to be done done right. We're, we're well, out well, of luckily, the lawyers have, have really calmed down over the last 50 years. <laughs> you don't see nearly the lawsuit. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. But, yeah, they're, they're easy. <laughs> well, not saying there wouldn't be challenges. Well, speaking of which, if we can, if you wouldn't mind switching gears for a second, because. Do you mind if we stay on this gear real well, quick? Oh, yeah, sure. Because I, I have, um, I, I'm, not as, I'm not as in tune as as you are, Bo and, and, and Jason, um, uh, you know, about the Brubaker box, um, the design and how the design came about, um, yeah. and and the engineering. Like, who 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 did the design and engineering? What, what was the how, how? Yeah, yeah. I guess like who did that and what was their background? And also and, uh, have Curtis describe the interior layout because it's also oh yes, which is oh and also you mentioned Rockwell a few times. Uh, can you kind of explain what that is? Yeah. Rock, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a uh, Rockwell International Aerospace that merged. Uh, I can't remember now, but Rockwell was an independent company. And um, and um, it, it, the air, they did the aircraft, uh, as you probably know. And the guy that did is a, a retired engineer, Bill Barker, who's now deceased, who did um, did a lot of engineering work. So he. He came in, a lot of friends, you know, who we'd known over the years that have helped out on different cars that we do for, for racers or the studios, you know, there are different talents. So we pulled them in as we needed and kind of formed the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the substance around the, this design. I just wanted it simple, simple, so simple, what, simple. what kind of other cars were you building at the time? Pardon? 
Uh, what kind of other cards were you were you designing at the time? I don't think we looked at anything else. I think we just okay. dove right into uh, to VW because they the mindset there was the, the public was uh, when you saw the picture there we were creating a new product in in the, in an era area that uh, VW was quite accustomed to, and uh, very few people, if any, asked questions about could you uh, would there be any problems in basically following uh, the dune buggy scenario, which is pretty, that's pretty well established and with right, so- customers and with enthusiasts. So it was a natural to just uh, try and do a one box on the unmodified platform. So who was the think, initial um, team that started with this? Um, who was the initial, initial crew that was, uh, yeah, getting started. It was, it was, it was uh, uh, myself, uh, Harry Wikes, mm-hmm. who was an amazing designer and and fabricator we've been together he's like a he's he he's with us every christmas he's uh we're very close and he came out from ford motor company uh and uh as a as a designer and he's he was a key guy and then uh prior to that i had employed a a guy by the name of uh uh forget his first name his last name was gerstenberger Mm -hmm. And Todd, his son, his uh, his brother, uh, finished up Art Center and joined us um, uh, for that team. So Harry, Todd, and myself uh, were the key guys. And then my brother was there. He he contributed the stolen the stolen van. And, uh, and then other <laughs> other we hired other other guys, other team guys from from engineering folks that we needed, or and students. I love to get students involved. And uh, and uh, we we started mocking the thing up. Um, what was the name of the company at the time? Uh, my company was the Brubaker Group, and that was a design mm-hmm. consultancy all through okay. the period. Gotcha. And, yeah. um, uh, and did you get a bare VW chassis to like start laying interior out and figuring out how you were going to do yeah, it? Or? Several several of them. Yeah. Yeah. This this is kind of a backstory that you get a kick out of. You 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 know uh, Kentucky Fried Theater, and yeah, the, the guys who did Airplane and yeah, all yeah, yeah, sure. funny movies. Yep. Yeah, the Zuckerberg so and what's his name? Yeah, yeah. This is a good story for you. The we <laughs> we my office was a kind of nice garden office, and across the vacant lot was this beat up old three story building that they used to shoot porn in. <laughs> and uh and and the the, this is the valley fried theater guys came in and they set up their theater in this okay. we became friends in fact the the um the the, the lead guy the, the pilot in in the uh the airplane movie was named brubaker in the script for a while <laughs> oh <laughs> but uh, but they did airplane and and i think an airplane airplane sequel and yeah, airplane two sure I'm very familiar yeah but they yeah in the at nights they would have their their shows going and uh, and we we built the box in right behind it. I got wow. some pictures that are funny. And they would we would shoot. Uh, all my guys went up and one night and we shot this uh, this the, the opening scene of one of their movies. A black gal with a machine gun is mowing down a group of guys, all our designers in the parking lot, <laughs> and opened one of their first films. Wow! And, yeah, because uh, they did Police Squad too. Oh, they did the right. Police Squad yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, that's you, what I was thinking of. I knew I knew Turchinsky would know all these. Oh yeah, no, they're yeah, fantastic. They were crucial. So, yeah, that, but that was that was uh, we 
we had several beat up old chassis and it took a while before we bought a brand new car. We finally did. But, uh, but yeah, we had three or four of them as platforms. We jig up the platform, zero them out. And, and uh, we had one, we had the interior shell, uh, the, the, uh, the interior pan going on one part of the shop and the exterior going on another. Wow. And I think all that progressive stuff you can see in the, in the pictures there. Yeah. And, and kind of who penned the, the, the overall shape and, and design? Was it a group effort or did someone have an aha moment? Uh, I'm, I'm probably responsible for that. but I That's take, what I want uh, to hear. <laughs> I, I, I know I was responsible for all the overlapping corners and I, I love the sections and stuff because my background yeah. is aviation structural mechanic ah. in the Navy. Oh, wow. And, and, uh, and, that that's another story leading up to the box but yeah i was concerned about getting corners and box structures overlapping panels all reproduced from simple one-piece molds wow we bond and rivet it together it was a really rigid uh strong box and that probably attributes some of the so you know it's, it's lasting that that one that the uh, that the guys found in a swamp in florida oh yeah yeah, we're going to restore that. It's amazing. Um, yeah, that was so David about the was that, remember, was that the first one? And and this interior, by the way, this is this looks like pre restored, but it's almost like a wraparound couch in the back. Yeah. But I think that's like a seat. Is that the gas tank that yeah, it's over? The, the yeah, the fuel tank. We had yeah. to bury that as much as possible. That's under that wraparound ottoman thing. Yeah. Wow, and that's clever. And yeah. it's, uh, it actually um, it, it was sealed by a couple of layers, but vented to the outside. And uh, it was a, it was buried back in uh, and uh, under, the, under the pan. So it was always for people, people just listening. I'm just going to describe the interior layout of a Brubaker box here. So you picture like a box. You've got two seats up front. And in the back, is it's like an L-shaped lounge kind of thing. So you have like a wraparound sofa at the back. And then to one side is the padded ottoman that's hiding the fuel tank underneath it. But the end result is like a little, it's very much a little room effect, It's which is part of what makes this thing so damn cool. Like you could easily see laying down in there and sleeping. Yeah, there's a picture well, here now. That's the original. I don't think, uh, Bo, I don't think that uh, that uh, vinyl interior is the same. I think it's been redone once. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the original, and you can compare the two. I put the two pictures together so you can. Yeah. I don't uh, think that's the same cushion, and they've added a cushion on behind the behind but, the ottoman. But it was it was really helpful that they found this number one car because when we were doing the show, uh, uh, Dave and Jeff actually went out there to to get some molds actually yeah. off of it and, and some yeah. things that we weren't sure about uh, how original they were. So they weren't sure what uh, they had until I went out. <laughs> and I told them. Because there's uh, oh, those cool. little, those the first three cars, the first three bodies, had no inlet air for the for the uh, the engine cooling. It had it had a, a rectangular, long, slim rectangular reflector side marker light, which I thought yeah. looked cool. It, mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't operated, but that's what we were heading for. And uh, and the, we had the little um, uh, little slots in the in the C post or D post uh, and cut little slots to pull air out of the cabin with some Mazda, uh, little black Mazda grills that would snap in there. So we, yeah, I try and find parts from the, the cars. And you had an AMC feet. windshield, right? AMC windshield. Yeah, AMC windshield. That's and taillights, I think, from the pickup truck. Right. Yeah. Wow. 
the El yeah. Camino rear, rear window. And oh, right. The little narrow rear window. Right. Because that's the El Camino little narrow rear window. Yeah. We I made mean, our own glass. Libby Owens Ford made the glass. And I think that they have the original pieces of glass in that in that thing. Wow. Um, uh, I, I'd have to check again. I think they were. I'd be surprised that's if they were still in one piece. But Where did it feed uh, air to the engine? You said, yeah, I don't beat, you know, they're air cool. They want a lot of air. Were you feeding it from up and underneath? Because there's not a lot of obvious vents on a box. Like, how are you doing that? It was, it was feeding, uh, I, I don't think, I think probably we were taking more air in than VW was. If you look at the, where we, we uh, put tufts on and went out in the big, the big air wind tunnel in the, in the, on the freeway and, and uh, yeah. it's very clean airflow around the corner. So we put it just forward of the area where, where mm. now there's nothing there, but there's a shot. Yeah. Those are the, you can see the Mazda. Those are the air extraction vents from the yeah. cabin, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I sent these to him afterwards. Uh, so, so. Oh, I guess the engine was exposed enough, also. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of air underneath, probably more yeah. even than uh, right out there, more even than the than the original Beetle. Yeah. And then we pulled air around the sides and, and pulled it in through that clean area. I think it's earlier. Uh, yeah, you're yeah, you're way back at the the box. If you go up to the to the near the beginning, where we we first get it roadable, you'll see the uh, the the tough tests. Yep. I think and I saw where that it, um, somewhere. Oh, and there was that. I forgot about the, the how cool the front end is. I want to talk about that too, because <laughs> there was sort of a front trunk area. You had like a floating dashboard there it is right there. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Wow. Oh yeah, it's, it's smooth, and we we uh, we had uh, uh, cleaner air. We didn't do uh, uh, instrumented tests and stuff, but we were, we had smart people look at it and say, "You got to be a this has got to be better flow that's on the beetle itself." But oh, yeah. for those who, who can't guys. see, this is such a great picture because before computers did aerodynamics and things like that, this looks like basically a piece of string with that like stuck on with a piece of gum, like all well, over this the, is the side way of the we car. did the like aircraft, hundreds of them, you know. Yeah. Bo, this is uh, this was the this was uh, the way that the aircraft people have been doing tests for years. I probably picked that up from Learjet, and, and we just taped, you know, a little bit of masking tape and yeah. yellow yarn, and and there you go. So what you were you looking for specifically? Yeah. Uh, that, by the way, this is fantastic. And, and I haven't seen this on cars before, actually. Maybe I missed it. But that must be from aircraft design is where you got that. Because it's, uh, or, and others haven't emulated this. But it's so, it's amazing. And, and it's, it's very smart. It's crude. But it's visually it very interesting. You yeah. See, yeah. Uh, yeah. You get a camera, you can see how, how the, the flow is attached. And, and you can see where it comes loose. So we had to put our, just before, ahead of that that. Uh, rear modesty panel cut is where we put the inlet so it pulled clean air in and you could actually accelerate that if you pull that off the boundary layer if you had fans inside uh and and uh and vwa does on their engine so if, if you did a little more internal ducting you could actually enhance that the wow. air pull it in and keep the the flow entrained on the on the body panel on the corner but it was just smooth down the side and um that's amazing. It's so cool. And still, I mean, nothing up to it before or since looks like this. I mean, it is completely unique. I was even trying to just figure out how to describe it to to listeners if if two things mated. But I can't think of two things that would mate to come up with this thing. You know? I mean, 
you could think of it as like you could take like a vanagon, but then you'd have to like squish it down by like 50% and widen it. So it's like lower and wider and sleeker. And then just, yeah, it's like a, a van with a sports car. If they yeah. made it. Yeah. To, to that point, a van again, but it's so much cool and modern looking that that doesn't describe it at all. You know? And then also the proportions are not what you think. Like no. when you first look at it, you think it's bigger than it really is. And then when you've got a, people in the picture you realize why wow, that is sleek yeah <laughs> that is, Six it's a sports van on yeah, it no with- you're absolutely right um yeah. the and wait till you see what this looks like next to a full-size pickup truck or um <laughs> or uh, the cyber truck i, oh, I did that speaking of yeah it, it we should talk about me. this i had no idea the, the, that it was i mean i knew what size it was and everything but it's uh, i've got another picture and it may be in there um uh, with uh, uh, Andreas's gold one pulling next to a Dodge Ram truck, uh-huh. and the the and and the box is about the size of the Ram's hood. I mean, it's <laughs> the whole hood, everything forward to the of the Ram windshield is about the size of the box. But the difference is, every bit of space in the footprint of that box is usable. Is you can yeah, that's, jump that in the was my main goal. What's that? That, w- that was one of my main goals. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I came from uh, from the Learjet interior. Bill Lear is, I mean, f- fun guy, really smart, off the wall, uh, real maverick. But he he was pushing me all the time on space. Use the space, yeah. get the get the materials light. Every piece of material needs to be, and um, but space. He was big on that. And uh, that's another reason why Torch to, loves you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Packaging's a big deal. Packaging. I'm a big fetishist for that kind of stuff. And the box just does it. It's like the and, entire and, volume of that thing is you or your stuff. And I absolutely. And you know what? I think that becomes even more important with electric cars. Like if we look at like some of the coolest EVs, it's it's the ones that use the space the the best. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the ways that EVs are distinguishing themselves is cool packaging. Um, Cause there's just so much more you can do. And you know, you no longer have the sound, you no longer have shifts, you know, the unique torque curve is gone. So you have to find different ways uh, to sort of stand out. And uh, it seems like packaging seems to be one of the areas where, where they're getting a little bit more creative now than maybe they they had before. Yes. And one of the things that directly relates to the packaging is um, uh, is the, the the use of that volume and, and the one box concept. Right now, we're, and I think Jason will love this because we're um okay take a look at that that's a good comparison yeah you, you've got something <laughs> damn near the size of a, a you know the power plant at ford is taking taking up you know major chunks as big as the look at that big, big hood the, the box itself. Yeah. it's at least a third so, of the car yeah yes you know, and so uh jason we're gonna i think I think there's going to be or have to be a big move towards one box. And you can see that in the designers doing that because it makes no sense to optimize the front out there, you know, and be putting skis and sleeping bags and crap. People don't, it's too valuable to let that be a trunk or a hood hanging out there. You don't need any of that stuff out there. No. And when you get into your, you know, your Rolls Royces and your long hooded stuff to, for an accent, it's really wasteful. I've seen, I've seen designers put, you know, sleeping quarters in the front you know, <laughs> yeah. under the hood. And uh, what should we do with the space? So, so one box uses it, and if you can get the, 
the front, the driver and occupants, the people in front, in around and between the wheel wells, and you can make the wheel well smaller and uh, more compact, you can move all those folks up front and really have comfortable luxury seating. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and David, you, way, you showed that. So you're reusing the front part of your one box to yep. advantage. By yeah, the way, the, the other cool thing about that picture is uh, if you look at the height of a Mustang and the height of a Brubaker box, they're like almost exactly the same as what yeah. it looks like. I, Just I to always give describe the, the, this. Yeah. I, I describe this to the guys as the passenger yeah. carrying compartment of a of a, a, a luxury sedan. Yeah. Without all the the hood and deck, it, it's the the and 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 the you know between the glazing on either side and the roof, it's a you know it's like a it's like a Cadillac or you know it's a, it's a nice. Uh, four-door sedan size. David, can I you go to the picture where we see the front end in the interior? It was one before or after this one. Uh, turn the other way. It, I want to see the inside of the front. I think it's the, yeah, okay, look here. Oh, this I love this part. Amazing. Wow, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, so you the dash is, just describe it to people. You've got your driver's seat and steering wheel, and then there's like a horizontal bar that's your dashboard, but then in front of it and below it it's is not, open space. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's known as a knee bar. And we yeah. did a lot of testing at, at GM on knee bars and then it on unbelted occupants because at the time seat belts weren't mandated. I mean, when I was back there at GM, and uh, the uh, seat belts were just coming in, they're trying to figure out how to ma mandate them. And, you know, Ford was timidly coming out with padded visors and soft materials on the instrument panel. But the knee bar was something that handled the dummies very well in crash tests, uh, you know, all backed up with camera work. They, uh, an unbelted passenger would go move forward and the knee restraint that their knees would hit that thing yeah. and, and for, you know, average family, kids had a problem with things, but they were trying to, to come up with ways to, uh, to stop uh, or minimize the the secondary impact of people in the car when you hit an object, uh, and and the knee bar was something that worked very well in all the tests. In fact, you you look at the new Cadillac uh, uh, prototype; they have a knee bar in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think it's for the same purpose as this because everybody wears belts nowadays, and it's and it's mandated, but it. Take a look at that. I can't think of the name. It starts with a C, but the new Cadillac prototype. Oh, the Celestic or whatever it is. The yeah. Celestic. What did you, what was it? Celestic? Celestic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. You, you, you see a knee bar in there. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's almost identical to what you see here. And by the way, when you get into this car, that's like one of the first things I noticed that I hadn't noticed from pictures is that bar. I mean, it really opens up the space. Yeah. It is completely unique to anything that I've been in before or since. It's uh, you can put very luggage cool. up front in the yes. nose, just like right over that bar easily and get to it easily. It's it's so, great. You know, I, I was I was wondering about this, you know, Curtis, you were just talking about how going to a one box design makes sense. But the first thing that came to my mind, of course, was FMVSS crash tests. And, uh, you know, but uh, Jason recently reviewed the Volkswagen bus, the new one, the EV. Mm -hmm. And basically they actually kind of did the same thing that you did here to get through crash tests, except their dashboard. It, it just, it's just a big gigantic dashboard. Right. You don't have um, access to that volume of space that the box has here. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's see if I yeah, can. Yeah, and it. the um, and we're everybody's calling them frunks because right. they're in the front and their trunks. Uh, but accessing it from the inside is very smart. And, oh yeah, and and being able to load it from the outside like a drawer and then access it while you're on a road trip is Great. is really smart. Yeah, that's for beer. You know, that's what we're. That's what I'm going to do on the on the B two. I love that idea. Yeah, being able to like load like your luggage into the front and still get to it from the passenger seat. There's of course there's use for that. Everybody would lose it. Sure, and the stuff wants to come to you like a lazy Susan, you know, and, yeah. and two people. So, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I I probably have some sketches around, or they burned in the fire. But we we know, we didn't get a chance to build it but there were like drop-in ice chests and mm. and coolers and things oh, that cool. would uh, that would in fill that area forward to the knee bar and that's give great. you all that stuff so if you're under uh, underway you could uh, open a lid and you got ice and drinks and stuff like that that so, is well, awesome. hopefully we can get that designed for the new brew baker uh, oh yeah uh, that's sure. right <laughs> that. see this this id buzz jason all this space in the front is just kind of nothing right you can't use it you know there's it's, i don't uh, there, you sit back here yeah, but you're well behind here. the front wheels. But yeah, that from that from the second B pillar or A pillar there forward, you don't have access to anything like you know windshield washer fluid you can get to, and that's it. I feel like the, well, the, the other the other part white line. Yeah. The other part of the game is you. We need uh, uh, crush space in there. Yeah, we need to decelerate the human body uh, in an accident when you when you're doing a one box and you've got a shorter vehicle, you got much less. Uh, crush space than you do with a big the big uh, hooded engine. Of course, you always have to subtract the the engine itself. Right, that doesn't crush very well. Uh, and, but you know, EVs all, don't have that problem, at least. Pardon? EVs won't have that problem. There's no. Big That's true. Engine. That's true. The hardware can go in convenient places down in the corners. Maybe now, maybe speaking, get it around the wheels themselves. Speaking of EVs, we should jump back to something. I know David. Uh, well, we all were. We're all trying to segue because we're so excited about everything else too. There's so we, we all want to talk I, more I, about the. I'm box, thrilled so that I'm you guys about. are excited about this. this oh is a, yeah, a of course. Of, uh, yeah, this, this is, is the cyber about question, at the Autopian. And uh, uh, yeah, and we want to really uh, uh, talk further, maybe offline, about uh, the, the new box and uh, what's coming there. All right. Well, you just saw part one of our interview with Curtis Brubaker. What's next? Is it part two, perhaps? That comes after one. So you would think so. You would think that next week, part two would would be the next one. Okay, so part two will be next week. So please tune again to the Utopian Podcast. Podcast.